hello, hello, everyone. So, I'm recording this because if I try to do it on my laptop and save it, it doesn't do that. <laughs> so, um, that is why I'm recording this on my iPad and talking to everyone. <clears throat> I do hope you can hear me because... I want to make sure everyone can hear me very well and very clear. Um, give me a minute. Um, because I am looking for... Is this on? I think this is going to be it. Forgive all the background noise. I'm at home and the walls are super thin. Um, but if you can hear me, I got music playing. Y'all know Maverick City is where it's at, so. Um, today, I want to talk about communion. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, what? Yeah, I want to talk about communion. This is not something I wanted to talk about. Um, but the Lord put it on my heart to do so. And so to give you some background, I'm going to read the scripture <clears throat> that he gave me. And here's a little more background. Um, the Lord called me to fast, right? Uh, for some for some specific things. Um, he called me to fast for some things and he told me to take communion every day. Um, while focusing and meditating on scripture, uh, Colossians 3, 17, 1 Corinthians 11, um, hang on, I wrote it down, so let me, let me pull it up. 1 Corinthians 11, 20 to 26, and Luke 22, 14 to 20, right? Um, and so with that, you know, I've, I've been trying to do my best <laughs> to stay committed, right? Um, it's hard, of course, because God, this head I want to do right. Uh, it's 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 hard because uh, our flesh doesn't want to obey, right? Uh, and I'm a witness. This first week has not been easy. It's been really hard, <laughs> um, but taking communion, I found, uh, has been somewhat easy. Um, and so, you know, that I'm very thankful for, right? Um, <clears throat> but here's the scripture he gave me. Uh, Luke 22, 14 to 20 says, and this is from the ESV. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table. And the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you, uh, which is the new covenant in my blood, right? And then um, Paul later comes in and corrects the church of Corinth and says, You know, you're not supposed to come to the Lord's table as if you haven't eaten all day and eat like you're at home. He's like, no. Because one, you're making a mockery of yourself and you're also the Lord. He's like, but what you were supposed to do, you're supposed to approach the table of the Lord with honor and reverence. He said, for I pass on to you what he passed on to the disciples and the apostles. And he goes on to say, on the day he was betrayed, he took the cup and drank it and said, drink for this is my body. And likewise, he took the bread and broke it and said, eat of this for this is my for this is my body. And and Paul says, you know, and every time you gather together in the Lord's house to do communion, you are proclaiming the Lord's death and agreeing to what he has done, right? And so, uh, doing that every day, the Lord really pressed upon me. He's like, I want you to, to do a small little teaching on the importance of on, on the importance of uh, communion right the purpose of it why we do it as believers and, and people of the body of Christ right and I was like okay Lord I can do something like that uh, and so I, I really took it to heart I sat still towards the end it was hard because you got people texting and everything but I, I was determined to really um, I was determined to really hear what he had to say so this is what the lord had to say to me right um out of those two scriptures he said the purpose of communion is for us to take part in glorification in the glorification of jesus it is also a remember a reminder of the sacrifice of the lamb called jesus the purpose of communion is to remind us of the lord's supper At the same time, it is a replication of what we will do when we as believers enter into the kingdom of God. The word communion comes from the root word commune, which is an invitation from someone or deity to have quiet time or personal time with them and no one else, right? Which is why, you know, Jesus told Paul, uh, told Peter and John in Luke uh, a few verses back, he says, go there, he said, and ask a man, you'll meet a man with a water jug. From there, uh, ask him where we can go to, to, to have supper and he'll lead you to someone else and someone else. When you get there, ask him like, Hey, uh, is the, uh, upper room available for us to have supper? Cause the Lord asks us, uh, ask of you. And he says that the the man will prepare the upper room for you for us to have supper, right? Boom. Jesus said, I want to have communion or the last supper before the Passover. But in the same way, he was saying to the disciples, this is my last time communing with you. This is my last time having a one-on-one conversation with you all before I am betrayed and crucified for the world. 
Oh Lord, you're amazing. Cause that was a whole revelation right there and I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so let's go to the elements, right? So the bread, the bread that Jesus broke symbolizes that his body was about to be broken for the world to see, right? The bread being broken symbolized for the disciples that their savior and friend would no longer be with them physically, right? But that when they eat of the bread, he would be with them spiritually and indwell with them now and forever, right? So when we have communion, right, um, it is a symbol of what happened in the Bible, right? So think of it. When you break something, you cannot put it back together no more. It's broken unless you use super glue or tape. Um, but, but symbolically, when something is broken symbolically, it, mean, it, it means freedom, it means deliverance, right? Or sometimes it can mean another level is about to come. One moment, y'all. another level is about to uh, partake and come. And so uh, for the disciples, they didn't know that, you know, we're partaking of the broken body of the Lord, which means that another level of his spirit is about to come upon us, is about to indwell in us. But they were still, you know, um, earthly minded, right? Thinking like, oh, we got time. Like, bruh, I understand, but I don't, right? <laughs> but they partook of it, right? They ingested the broken bread, but they were also spiritually ingesting the spirit of brokenness that the Lord was about to give them. In other words, a spirit of humbleness that God was about to give them, letting them know like, hey, you about to walk into a whole new season. You about to walk into a season of brokenness, a season of humbleness, right? And when you are broken and humble, it is then that I can use you to push forward what it is that uh, I have put inside you. Y'all, I'm just trying to read to you what the Lord wrote down with me. And he's giving me revelation on top of that. It, it's crazy. So now let's talk about the cup. The cup or the blood, right? The cup represents the new blood which was going to be shed on Calvary. Jesus knew that the shedding of his blood would be a forever mark and covenant for future generations to come. The cup that Jesus used represents the cup of salvation. The cup of salvation holds the blood of Jesus, right? So when we drink the blood of Jesus, we are making a statement to the world that I belong to Jesus and he dwells richly inside of me. So when we take communion, we are proclaiming to all evil spirits and the devil himself that he cannot touch me. 
that I belong to God and that I am covered under the protecting power of the body and the blood of Christ. When we take communion, all illness and attacks must cease and die. The power of communion is almost like a shield of protection because we are now grafted into the kingdom of God. Right? So when we partake of the blood of Jesus, right? Or let's say today for my communion it was coffee and half a sandwich, right? I proclaim that this is no longer a sandwich or coffee. It is now the body and the blood of Jesus. And it transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. So as I took it, I was proclaiming over myself and as in me taking it, that uh, whatever is, I am being broken spiritually and humbly to be used for the Lord. And when I partook of the blood of Jesus, I was saying, you know what? Spiritually, I am washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Nothing, no evil, no ailment can touch me because I now belong to the Lord. Right? I now am connected to Jesus. I am grafted into his kingdom and his family, right? So then where do we come in? Now we talked about the elements, right? But now where do we come in as the body of Christ when it comes to communion? When we take communion, right? We are asking the Lord to cleanse us of any past, any past, present, or future sins. So if you see a little piece of paper like this, <laughs> it's me with my notes, right? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you how many pages this is when we're done, right? When we take communion, we become one with the Lord. We begin to go through a transformation from the inside out. So think of it, the, the Hillsong song, Consume Me from the Inside Out. Um... <clears throat> um where was I? The hill song. Song. Consume me from the inside. I'll let justice and praise become my embrace. Consume me from the inside out. Right? So as we partake of the communion, we are being transformed from the inside out. In other words, we begin to see things differently. We begin to see problems differently. Uh, we begin to, to see conflict resolution instead of conflict. We begin to see things the way God sees it. And the way he ordained for us to see it as kingdom citizens. So, um, uh, we begin to have a mental change when we take communion. So, again, that goes back to the song of Hillsong. We begin to have a change from the inside out, which means our minds begin to become renewed. Um, spiritually and physically, right? Our, that's why Paul wrote in Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know the good and perfect will of the Lord concerning your life. So when we take communion, 
Not only are we spiritually declaring that our mind is going to be transformed, we are physically declaring my mind will no longer be the same. My mind will line up to the word of the Lord. My mind will no longer think the things of the world, but will begin to think on kingdom principle, kingdom values, kingdom treasure, kingdom theology, kingdom philosophy. My mind will begin to think on things of the kingdom and not on things of this world. That's why Paul wrote, I believe it's in Corinthians, he said that the sufferings of this world are not present until we see the glory of God. Oh, okay, God. (laughs) What? I just had a whole moment. Because that's not what I was trying to say. My God. Okay. That. Mm. (laughs) This is why. I feel like he's adding more. This is why. Uh, um, this This is why, you know, Paul wrote in Corinthians that, you know. Um, we cast down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Why? Because it has no power. It has no authority. It has no business being connected to us, right? That, um, you know, which is why when we take communion, we get a mental change. Our mind begins to change from the inside out. Our mind begins to become renewed from the inside out. That's why when we take communion, um, I believe that when we take communion, we're professing the Lord's death. I believe scripture begins to come back alive to us and it affects our mind and our mind says, wait a minute, that's not how we're supposed to act. Wait a minute, that's not how we're supposed to behave. The mind will begin to change when we take communion. Right, So when we take communion, we are telling the Lord that we are completely at his service for his use. We must remember that when we take communion, we are proclaiming that indeed Jesus died and was raised from the dead for the sake of the world. When we take communion, we are declaring to the world and our flesh that we indeed belong to Jesus and nothing can separate us or pluck us from his hand, right? When we take communion, spiritually, we are telling ourselves that we are, we're like a flower in a way, we're like the flower. And the only way we can be uprooting and, and, and taken out is if we allow the, 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 the enemy to come in and scoop us out. The only way we can be uprooted is we allow the enemy to come in and pluck us out. I don't know why I said that twice, but I feel like somebody needs to hear that. So when we take communion, our spiritual bodies are... We're rooted and grounded in the word, which is why Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor dwell or commune with the wicked. But his delight is in the Lord, and he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which will yield fruit in its due season. Right? No one can pluck us from his hand. No one can uproot us. No one can chop us down. Why? Because we are spiritually connected and bonded for life to God. Communion seals us completely to the kingdom of God. Isn't that a blessing? Communion in a spiritual sense seals us completely to the 
kingdom of God. This is why when communion is passed out at church, a believer must, and this is not me, this is what the word said, this is what Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 8, you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to pull it up for you so that y'all don't think um, y'all don't think that I, I'm making this up. I'm going I'm to pull it up for you. Give me a minute. Because um, I, I want to make sure you understand this. This is, this is the Bible. Ooh, wrong chapter. Hang on. I'm almost, I almost got it. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> One moment. Oops, sorry. I told y'all the wrong chapter. It's actually chapter 10. So Romans chapter 10 uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, says, this is the ESV, so I'm reading chapter 9, right? It says, because if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to read that again. Uh, because if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to go on and read um, the next two verses, which says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put ashamed. Right? So, this is why. When communion is passed out. I mean, a lot of times churches don't really enforce that part, right? Because we believe you're saved. We believe that if you're taking communion, you are confessing with your heart and your mouth that you are a believer of Jesus and that he indeed was raised from the dead. And no church is going to say, mm, you can't take that because you're not really a Christian. Mm -mm. We're not going to do that because we want you to come into the fold, not run away, right? Um, and so with that, right, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing when we take communion. It is us having one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus, right? And reiterating Romans 10, 9 through 11, um, Jesus was raised, Jesus is indeed raised from the dead. He is indeed sitting on the right hand of the Father, right? We are indeed confessing with our mouth and believing with our hearts. Uh, and we are indeed proclaiming what scripture says that everyone who believes and confesses uh, is saved and justified, right? And we're believing and confessing that he in, is indeed the savior of the world, 
right? So think about it. Every time you take communion, you are proclaiming the death of the Lord, saying, yes, you died, but yes, you rose again on the third day. Yes, I believe in my heart of hearts and my mind of minds that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and besides you, there is none other. Yes, you are the Son of God. Yes, you are the Son of Man. And yes, I am grafted into the kingdom of God and nothing can separate me from your hand. This is the amazing thing about communion. The amazing thing about communion. I don't know about you, but nobody can dissuade me. Nobody can make me denounce this. Nobody can make me get up and walk away from the from the unadulterated fact the unadulterated word and the unadulterated fact that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that he is indeed sitting on the right hand of, of the throne of judgment, and he is indeed waiting for the Lord to tell him it's time to gather my people. So every day when I take communion, every day when I eat the broken bread, and every day when I drink of the blood, I believe in my heart of hearts that I'm having a change from the inside out, a mental change from the inside out, a conversion of leaving the old life and coming into the new life. And every day I am reminded, every day it's a new revelation that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the high priest sitting next to the creator of the world. Ugh. Just, just amazing, amazing, amazing. Whew. Wow. So... Um, thank y'all for listening and hearing me out real quickly on this topic of communion. I pray it blessed you. If you enjoyed this, uh, share this with somebody so they can have an understanding of what communion is. And what they're partaking in when they eat the body and the blood and, and drink of the blood of Jesus, right? Um, and I'm just going to... I'm going to end this out with prayer. Um, so, Lord, we thank you for this awesome revelation and this awesome teaching on the communion. We thank you that you are inviting us through communion to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you every day. As we take it, help us to understand that we are having a transformation, mind, soul, and spirit every single day. Help us to understand that we, that when we take communion, we are indeed getting another revelation of who you are. We are indeed getting another revelation of who you are to be, who was and is and is to come. And that you are indeed sitting on the right hand of the Lord, waiting for the triumphant return. God, we thank you that you died for us. 2,000 years ago, and that today, through 420 generations later, you are still healing, you are still delivering, you are still saving, you are still caring for those that partake in the communion. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you, and we give your name the glory in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Um... Again, if you love this video, share it with somebody. Um, as far as background music is concerned, uh, I told y'all that is Maverick City music.
with their song communion and i'll put some more of the info at the bottom i love you guys have a great and fantastic rest of your day peace out